Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to GTO Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host. So today we are going to be talking about living your best life at 80. And I have such a special guest joining us today to talk about life at 80 is Karen Johansson. (laughs) Welcome, mom. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Well, you know, I was, um, I was trying to think about what what to do, what to do for your big 80th birthday. And I was pondering all these things. And, you know, once in a while, I write you a letter or something and about all the things that, you know, I remember or love about you as a mom. And I thought about that. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) we should do a show together. And here we are. And here we are. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So when you got that from me, when you got the, Hey, I have an idea. We should do a show. What did you think about that? Well, I, I don't remember exactly what I thought about it, but I was thinking, I wonder what she wants. And then I read it and I'm thinking, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) What, what am I, what am I going to (laughs) say? And then I thought about it and it was kind of like the longer I sat with it and, and I thought, you know, the fact that you want me to do this and, and think I can do this, it's like, well, I'm going to do this. Well, that, <laughs> so that's thank, kind of what I thought. Thank you. I knew you would have a, I knew you might have a nerve or two. I knew you might oh, have yes. a little nervous nerve or two. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had more than two. <laughs> you had more than two nerves. Well, you yep. <laughs> true to form, true to your form, I'm going to say, which people are going to hear more about. You worked through your couple of nerves and here we are doing this fun show. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, a couple of things. So first, when I've talked about you over the years, um, I often have said, you know, if you looked up mom in the dictionary, there would be a picture of my mom. Um, she's the best mom. She's the ultimate mom. I am so lucky and so fortunate to have had a mom like you. Um, and I just think the world of you. So that's what I want to say first. Thank you for saying all that makes me cry, but they're happy tears. Thank you, honey. Yeah. Makes me cry a little bit too. Yeah. One of my um, really early memories, my early memory that I, that I go back to when I need to connect with that part of me that was, that's just always been there. That's always been present uh, Uh is when we were just the two of us. Um, I think Brian had Brian, my brother, your, your other child um, had gone to school. I think he had started school and um, dad was of course at work and you were still home. Um, you eventually went back to work, which we'll talk about, but um, you were home at the time. So it's just you and me. And, um, I just remember like sunny days and sitting on the sofa, um, with the big Richard scary books and you would, 
you know, pick out things for me to find. And, um, you would play airplane with me, which, which meant that you would either <laughs> grab me by both hands and just swing me around uh, like crazy or by yeah. one, one arm and one leg, like a real yes. airplane. Uh, there was yeah. three, three versions. And then the other one was when you put me on your, the bottoms of your feet, like you laid on the floor. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. And when I remember long ago, I told you about that. And I think you said like, I can't believe you remember that you couldn't have been more than two or something. Right. Yeah. So those are special memories. And, and also, um, funnily enough, and it's still one of my favorites, we had the big console stereo and, uh, you know, the one that took up, you know, if anybody remembers from the seventies, uh, <laughs> took up the whole room, it took much, up the whole it? room, but oh, the, the, the afternoon delight, which, you know, now I know what afternoon delight's about. It's about having sex in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> When I was little, I just loved skyrockets and flight afternoon delight. And, you know, there was music and it was just a, it's just a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful time that I go back to. And when I go back there, it's you and me. We had some really fun, fun times. We did. We had fun all the way, all the way, all the way through until now. Yes, absolutely. Yes, Yes, we did. Absolutely. So, okay. So, so in terms of like speaking about moms, I have had a particular experience with you as a mom that has um, been very much a part of what has shaped me. And, you know, I think given me um, the kind of the opposite, I had a really very highly masculine kind of alpha male dad. And then I had you, you were unconditionally accepting of me, Mm -hmm. which which is so special. And, and I'm just aware that not everybody um, gets that. Right. And you did not have, you did not have that kind of um, experience with your mom. So I thought, um, or at least not, not very much of it. So right. maybe, yeah, I thought maybe we could start by talking about your, your childhood um, and also your memories of, and your relationship with your mom. Okay. Well, um, my mother's name was Vera and she had cancer and passed away at the age of 32. And I was five. My sister Kay was eight. So that was a really tough time. I don't have a lot of memories of my mother, which, which makes me feel sad that I don't remember things between the age in, of one and five. Um, I do remember that she was such a good mom. I'm just trying to think the things I remember were when she was ill. And at some point she couldn't talk anymore. And so I remember one day my sister and I standing at her bedroom door and she would write notes to us because that was the only way that she could communicate with us. And then another memory that I have is um, I took ballet and tap dance as a, as a, a young girl and it, I just loved that. And my mom, of course, would take me to the, to the studio and, and the classes. And one particular day, I just remember she was kind of walking a little bit in front of me and I remember seeing blood on her legs. I remember that as a child. And then we then had to leave and, and go home. And then 
The other memory I have is when she actually passed away, someone came and picked me up at kindergarten. I was in kindergarten at the time, hmm. but I don't remember, but I don't remember who it was. That was kind of my relationship with my mom. It was very, very short. Hmm. Um, I did remember asking people in later years that knew my mother and father as a couple and, and did socialize with them. I'd say, well, what can you tell me about my mom? You know, and their answer was she was the kindest, most caring, most wonderful person they'd ever met. And so I've always believed that because other people told me that. So that's kind of my memory of my mom. The other thing I do remember, and this was something that they did back then when they had a funeral, it was open casket. So you saw the person. Right. And I grew up, you know, with seeing my grandmother, seeing my uncle and all of that. And after they had passed away, I'm kind of glad they don't do that so much anymore. When, you know, mm-hmm. I have gone to funerals lately, I, that's not part of it. But I do remember her laying there. And I think they kind of got me in and out very quickly. In fact, I I remember going, but I it's just so vague. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's I've chosen to not remember. I don't know. Actually, perhaps, I mean, that's something that's that traumatic. Yeah. um, Sometimes it's a gift in a way. Right. That that I don't remember. Yeah. We block it out um, because it's too much. Like it's, it's so traumatic, which is really, you know, trauma. We've talked about this on the show a little bit. Trauma is something that you decide if something is traumatic And losing your mother at the age of five is almost something that I would think a five-year-old brain would Mm -hmm. have difficulty even processing. Processing. I I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I did have a wonderful, supportive family after my mother passed away. I had a great, not a great grandmother, but a great grandmother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was, Uh she was, she was wonderful. She she always had cookies in her cookie jar. They were oatmeal, they were square, and they had sugar on top. <laughs> square? <laughs> and they, were, they were square cookies. And yes, I know. Isn't that funny? And then the other thing I remember about her, she always played Chinese checkers with me. She was wonderful. Her name was Belle. When our mother passed away, our grandmother took care of us for a period of time. A cousin came to live with us and took care of us. Because my dad, you know, was by himself with these two little girls, and mm-hmm. he eventually did remarry. He actually married a cousin of my mother's. Um, she was from Canada, and they got married, and that's basically the mom I had through from the time I was five until actually I left home after graduating from high school. And uh, so, and she did the best she could with us. She stepped right in and help my dad with us. And it was, I'm sure, very overwhelming for him to be left so early in his marriage and having these two young girls. So yeah. Yeah. But I had, I had a good support family. I I want to share one other kind of a memory from my childhood because I don't remember a lot of things, but my aunt and uncle owned a restaurant in Forest Grove. And I remember as a child, I would go there and I would order a hamburger with no hamburger. So my hamburger consisted of <laughs> consisted of two pieces of bun toasted. 
And for years, I thought that's what a hamburger was. (laughs) I think about that and I think, how odd is that? Well, that you want the hamburger without the hamburger. (laughs) Well, exactly. Although, you know, to this day, because of my own uh, nutritional, uh, I don't know, preferences, Uh I guess we'll call them. I order a burger without a bun. And I I do think that people maybe think I'm a little bit. Uh, have a little bit of a screw loose. <laughs> I've kind of, um, I've wondered sometimes because you have such a, uh, I mean, I guess I don't want to characterize mothers as all being one thing, which is not what I mean to do. Um, uh-huh. But you as a mother have always been so loving and supportive and accepting. And I always kind of wondered, like, how did you, you know, nature versus nurture how did you get that? And, and we've kind of talked about, well, you had it, even if you don't remember it, you had it in those very early years, but now hearing you talk about your grandma and also, um, one of your aunts, aunt Stella, I believe Aunt Stella. Yes. Yeah. You, there was sort of a village. I mean, there was sort of a village of people that stepped in. There was a village of people that stepped in and we always had music in our family. Um, I just, and, and I, that is me. I mean, anybody who knows me, my <laughs> friends, I love music. I love dancing. And I know that comes from my early childhood because when we would get together for family, like Thanksgiving or Christmas or, or any other time, my, my aunt Stella played the piano. My grandma Belle played the fiddle and my uncle Merle played the accordion. And the three of them would get together and we would have so much fun with music. And to this day, I absolutely love music of all kinds, of all kinds. I just love it. Makes me, it's my happy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I It mean, is my happy place. I don't remember when this was uh, or where we even were, but I remember you pulling up in your car. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, boom, boom, boom. You, you were rocking some pink. <laughs> you had pink oh, on. Yes. You like pink, I think, right? Oh, I love pink. <laughs> yeah, you love pink. And you had pink on in your car. And it was just like, you were just like rocking it. The bass was going. <laughs> well, honey, I have to tell you, I, I at, at 80, I am, I'm doing the same thing. I turned my... Music up sometimes in my car and it's just blasting away. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so happy with my music. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's wonderful M- music. Um, to me, if you're feeling down or you feel, you know, just a little schlumpy, yes, um, there is no quicker pick me up. Like in terms of the, I, I, I wrote for I, the other day I was working on my book and <clears throat> I wrote for about eight hours straight, which is maybe not advisable. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. Maybe not advisable. It's probably better to like kind of get up and do your four hours. But I, you know, I, when sometimes you're inspired and you, you don't want to stop. And so I was totally just exhausted and just like, I felt great that I had created, but I, I was really um, worn out and I stepped out here on the balcony <clears throat> and I put on my headphones and I just, just hit it like the shuffle button on my phone uh-huh. and um, baby on the star by Prince came on. And I mean, <laughs> anybody who would observe, observe me outside 
probably would have thought, what in the world is that woman doing up there? (laughs) Because I was just in it. I loved it. It changed my whole body chemistry. It was awesome. So yeah, (laughs) I'm with you. And we, um, as a family, yes, we, I mean, some of my most fun memories because, um, so we want to talk about this. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this now. Um, of us as a family, because my dad, your husband also uh-huh. loved music. Um, yes. I believe sang, uh, in, yes, school, he did. in a choir, um, and had a nice, very pleasant voice and liked to sing. And so he put eight, it was eight track days of eight track and he put eight track tapes in both cars so that right. when we were in the car, we could choose our music and <laughs> we would kind of go through, go through the rounds of what we wanted to listen to. And then we would all just sit and sing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We go, go down from, the road. We go, yeah. go down the road. <laughs> we sure would. Just, Brian and I were in the back singing and you and dad were in the front singing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was great. The Beatles yeah. and yeah, so yeah. much. Yeah. So many fun memories of that. So many fun memories. Yep. Yes. (laughs) So um, in terms of just your childhood, is there anything more in terms of childhood and high school? And I'm kind of curious about, you know, what happened post high school, but I want to make sure we cover anything you kind of feel like is important from that period of your life. Yeah. You know, um, high school was, was great. Um, I met your dad in high school. I met your dad when we were sophomores in high school and he was a football player at that time. And I met him and he and I went together for five years and then got married. Uh, I was 20. He was 19. And that just what we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, 20 and, and 19, which it, then, then probably seemed not, not like anything unusual. That was not unusual at all. Not at all. It wasn't. Most of my friends got married at that time also that we went to high school with. It was just kind of, if you went with somebody for a year or two or more, you, you just ended up getting married. And I had a good marriage. Uh, I, we were married five years and then I had my first child, Brian. And then two years later, I had my wonderful daughter, Kirsten and those were those two people are to this day my greatest joy both of you and your brother are just such a joy to me thank you yeah i just we just had such a great family life i i just uh i just i don't know i'm 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 very lucky person to have had the husband that i had and the children that i had so yeah i went to um I did after I graduated from high school. I I went to live at the YWCA in Portland. That's what I did. Um, college was never mentioned in my family ever. I mm. never ever heard the word college, hmm. and that always kind of bothered me in later years because most of the the people that I went to high school with went on to college. That was right. an ex- expectation for them. Yeah. Like your dad, your dad was expected to go to college. As and was I, it, as was I. Yeah, as were you and your brother. Yes, <laughs> yep. you were. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but that was an influence of your dad's more than mine, because that was just not something that was ever brought up in my family. But I did want to have some kind of a, 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 a you know, a, 
a skill or a trade or a skill or trade. So, and Mm I, I had taken typing and stuff. So I ended up moving to Portland, living at the YWCA cost me $40 a month to live there. (laughs) When I, (laughs) when I think back to that, that was a lot of money back then, but right now Mm -hmm. it's like, holy cow. Mm -hmm. And I lived there and went to business school and then graduated from business school. And then you're, Dad and I were married, let's see, we were married in 1963, and he was still going to college, actually. He was at that time from high school. He went on to Pacific University on a football school scholarship, and then when we got married, he then finished his uh, college at Portland State. And so then I worked at, I got a job after business school at Portland General Electric, and I worked there for about about 10 years. Really? I had no idea yeah. you worked there for that long. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I worked there for quite some time. What did you do I, there? I was like a secretary. It was kind of a, they call it a stental pool. Mm-hmm. And it was run by, I mean, I worked in an office with all guys, but then we had this other part of the office that was where we made copies and did typing and all of that kind of stuff. So so yeah, that's what I did. And then up until the time I, I had your, had Brian. And then I was lucky enough to be a stay at home mom until you and Brian went, were both in school. I did not, I, I did ironing for people and I, right. I, I cleaned houses and I did some babysitting, babysitting for other teachers because I wanted to have oh, the same right. schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always, that's right. I was, I, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, I, I well, did Dara. babysitting. Yeah, I mean my oh. friend my friend Darren. Yes, was yes. somebody I I took care of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then gosh, after you were both in school, I went to work for the Beaverton School District and I was a a school secretary and I did that for 19 years before your dad and I retired. Both of us at 52. Dad had a uh, hard to believe 30 years Mm-hmm. of teaching high school and coaching football part of that time he also coached baseball and towards the end he taught or, or coached girls golf mm-hmm. and so 30 years of my life was uh was in beaverton yeah so you were a, a school secretary like i think you mostly i mean i'm sure you had lots of different um duties but you mainly tracked attendance is that true or that is correct yes okay. i was the attendant secretary you the attendant so did you call the parents when the kids yes were i oh, did oh boy oh yes <laughs> there were very many, many times when i would call a parent and we didn't we weren't required to actually call until they were out three days i mean we didn't have the manpower oh. even back then to make a call every time a student was out so we did have to call if we hadn't heard from a parent within the three-day period. And there were times when I made those calls and there was dead silence on the other end of the phone. As a parent, the parent had no idea that their child had not been in school. And back then we had a truant officer. I don't know what they do nowadays, um, but we had a truant officer and I would call him and he would make a home visit. Oh, wow. But Yeah. But yeah, one of my duties was was doing that. I had other duties that weren't 
quite so <laughs> traumatic. <laughs> I well, really do. I love, the, I love the kids. I love the kids. I worked in a junior high and I would tell people, oh, I work in a junior high and they would go, oh my gosh, how can you stand those kids? And I would say, but you know, junior high kids, yeah, they have a certain, you know, swag about them, but they're, they're wonderful. <laughs> well, I mean, I think for all of us, whether we call it junior high or middle school, Right. Uh, many of us were <laughs> many of us would never want to repeat that. So we're coming up on um we're coming up on a break and so okay. um let's take a quick break and then when we come back um I kind of want to ask you you talked about uh dad and football, you know he was a football coach and I would like to ask you a little bit about fo- the place of football in your life. Okay. Um and then also kind of talk through between then and now, because there's been some events in your life um, between that time that you retired um, after your 19 years and where you are now. And also, I would love to give people a a glimpse at what your life is like at 80, because to me, um, you are an inspiration uh, in terms of, yeah, how to really live your life fully. You're listening to Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back with Karen Johansson. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and we're talking to my mom, Karen Johansson, who is 80. just a major, wonderful milestone in this human life. Um, We had just started to talk about, um, you know, really your work life and then your retirement. And you mentioned that dad was a football coach. And I wanted to just spend a little bit of time talking about what the place that football has had in your life and that continues to have in your life. Uh, First of all, you know, I was going with your dad in high school and he was a football player. So of course I went to all the football games and, and all of that. And then after graduating from college, he got a job at a high school and became English teacher and a football coach. And that was very time consuming football coaching was, he absolutely loved it. And, um, but it was a lot of time away from the family and 
and everything. But um, I love football. I never missed a game. He he coached both JV and and varsity. And like I said, that was for 30 years. That was a part of my life. And then Brian uh, went to Beaverton High School, as did you. So you mm-hmm. went to school where your dad coached and taught. I, and I was, sure did. Was activities director for a few years, so he was always around. Yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> no matter where you and your brother went, he was there. <laughs> and uh, so then uh, Brian then played the same position as Dad did. Dad was a center, and Brian was a center. So of course, because you know my son was playing football, I in Pop Warner and. And then in high school, I, I never missed a game at all. I just, I just loved football. I, uh, I sat up in the stands, of course. I, and uh-huh. you, you were with me. I mean, I, even, I was. Oh, yes, you and, I was. and Brian, I drug you to every football and baseball and we went to basketball games and you kids were just, <laughs> and you were, you were the best kids. You just sat there. You never got up and, and misbehaved or anything. It was such a delight to to take you somewhere because whether it was a restaurant or an athletic event, you were just great kids. And uh, it was so enjoyable. But yeah, I'm sure you remember all those things. So so football was just such an inter- integral part of my life. I was married to a coach. And, and as a wife, sitting up in the stands is not all that much fun because when something goes wrong on the football field, it is the coach's fault, okay? Mm-hmm. It's always the coach's fault. So, of course, parents would scream and holler at the coaches, and why don't you do this, and why don't you do that? And I would just sit there. I would never, obviously, I would never speak up. I would just kind of hunker down and <laughs> and, and take it all in. I had <laughs> Well, you did. However, uh, you also were quite vocal in another way. Uh, because I, I, oh, sure. I, I remember very clearly all those games. Um, I remember sitting on the chilly wooden bleachers and <clears throat> I did pass the time because I had no idea what was going on in the field. Um, but I was taught to come correct. And so in terms of just sitting there and minding my manners, <laughs> that was absolutely the standard. <laughs> oh, it was. I was yes, that was the standard by which I was raised. So there was no way I was going to, you know misbehave but i no. um i spent the time watching the cheerleaders uh and that oh, was wow. that was how i passed <laughs> the time but um but your voice could be heard and it would <laughs> ring out across the bleachers across the field as it does now across your living room across the the naughty mermaid where you go and watch football sometimes <laughs> and it, and you would say get em! get em! get em! <laughs> That's exactly what I did. Get him. Yep. Get him. That's right. And then when, when I, so I've been staying with you. Um, I just stayed with you. I've stayed with you a couple of times now. This last, <laughs> this last stint, I was with you for 15 weeks and it would happen to be uh, uh-huh. 15 weeks of football season. <laughs> yes. And so I have, I have, I have grown I've grown to, I can enjoy football. I can choose to enjoy football. And so I watched more football with you in those 15 weeks than I've watched in my entire life combined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not only did you yell, get him, but you really, you would really rebuke that offensive line. 
if they were not doing their jobs. Oh, because that's why your dad coached for 30 years was the offensive line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I know all about them. (laughs) I I picked up on that. (laughs) Oh, yes, football. Uh, I mean, honestly, though, watching you enjoy football, seeing you get dressed up for your Oregon Ducks games, which is where Brian went and where um, your grandson Bjorn and my nephew Bjorn. Yes. He's currently a duck. I mean, just seeing you get dressed up for it and you put the flag on your car and you put the flags in your yard. And it seems to, uh, to this day, even though some coaches wives are called coaches widows because they're gone all the time. Uh Um, Right. So obviously there was something about it that even though it was maybe not uh, always the life that maybe you would have chosen for yourself. Right. There was something about that football that took hold. Well, I, I am laughing and I'm thinking of, of any of my friends who, who might happen to listen to this and know me from the football part of my life are just going to crack up because I come, I've got my pom-poms, I have the right color on because we know what we're supposed to wear, yellow or green or white, you know, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I have my colors on, I have a little uh, toy bear that plays the Oregon fight song. I have something called a damn it doll that somebody came up with. It's just thing that you whack on the table when the team's not doing good. So I try not to have my damn it doll out very often because I don't want to use it because that means we're not playing very well. Right. But I am, I, it's probably embarrassing. I said to somebody one time, I was in the Naughty Mermaid here recently and there was these people in there and it was, wasn't a duck game. It was some other kind of a football game. They were so loud and obnoxious. And I said to, to Tom, who, who, you know, owns the Naughty Mermaid, uh, I said, am I that bad? And he looked at me. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) And I thought to myself, okay, next year I need to tone it down a little bit because it was bad. Those, those people were so obnoxious. (laughs) Oh, dear. Or not, or don't tone or it not, down. Because or not tone it down. I know nobody wants me to change, I don't think. I don't think so. I mean, one of the things that I, you know, I'm hearing and that probably uh-huh. our listeners are hearing is there are certain things that keep a person like engaged in life and active and excited mm-hmm. and looking yes. forward to things. And I think you have a, a number of those things and football plays a pretty important part in that for you. It seems like it does. I love football. (laughs) That's that's awesome. So, um, okay. So you, you retire and dad retires both around 52 because as you mentioned, he had put that 30 years in just like a little little soldier he was. Um, and it was, he, yeah, he, I remember him, things had changed culturally, just right. the culture of being a teacher and the culture oh, of yes. students and what you couldn't, couldn't do and the administration and all that stuff. And he was, he had become kind of uncomfortable and was ready to go. Uh, he was ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, and when, when he decided to retire, I remember, you know, we were 52 and that's a pretty young age for people mm-hmm. to retire. And people said to him, you're too young to retire. And I'll, I'll never forget the words. He said, I'm not retiring from life. I'm retiring from what I've been doing for 30 years. And that is exactly 
what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing I, I kind of remember, this goes back to something. He had a sign that I, I had. Actually, I had it in the garage for many, many years. That the sign, and it was in his classroom. What is it about no that you do not understand? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, isn't that so true? Because there's no other meaning for no. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We learned in treatment when I went to treatment when I was a teenager. Um, right. You also endured. Uh, the, yeah. No, 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 but it, well, I learned from that too, though, honey. Yeah, I learned how yeah. to. I learned how to communicate. I was not a communicator at all oh, prior well, to that. Okay. Yeah. Well, a little, a little pearl. Um, yes. Um, we learned no as a complete sentence. Yeah. So very similar to that poster that dad had. No is a complete sentence. Yeah. Right. And it turns out, yeah, it turns uh out that it was pretty, uh, it was pretty fortuitous, right? That yes, it sure was. And you both chose to retire at that early age. So we retired, um, and moved to the Oregon coast. We left Beaverton and we moved to the Oregon coast and we had a home built here and um we're just kind of enjoying life we love golf so we had a membership at salishan and we played lots of golf and and um dad of course we had this extra lot that we bought and so there was lots of outside work that dad did and and he was always busy doing something he needed to be busy doing something when we retired and and everything was was really going great and then four years after he retired, he died of a massive heart attack. Um, it was on a Friday night. We were watching, we were getting ready to watch the British Open Golf Tournament. We loved not only playing golf, but loved watching golf. And he had not been feeling well a few days prior to that and had been to the doctor and, and was scheduled to have some tests run, I believe, the following week. But he died of a massive heart attack one night. It was just gone mm-hmm. within an hour. It was just the most, you know, they came and got him and took him to the hospital. And I, you know, followed in my car. And I remember sitting there and in my mind that, you know, he they were probably going to keep him overnight. That was what I'm thinking. And I mm-hmm. was expecting to have them come out and, and tell me that they were going to keep him overnight and that I could pick him up in the morning. But he did pass away. So that was... Very, very difficult and, and and devastating for both myself and and your brother and yourself. Oh yeah. boy, yeah, it sure was. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's a call. I that's a call. I will never forget. Oh, never, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah because other than we knew he wasn't feeling that well, but um, yeah. but we knew he was going to the doctor and trying to kind of right. figure out what was going on. And yeah, I you know he was. Um, a little bit larger than life in a way. I mean, nobody is, which is the, one of the lessons here, you know, uh-huh. nobody is larger than life. Nobody is, nobody is tough beyond, you know, we can act tough, but we're all, we're all just human. And yes, we don't know how long we're going to be here or we do when, not. Yeah. When we go, what that's going to look like, but that was uh shocking. I mean, that was shock and awe, not just for, I mean, of course, for you, and for Brian and I, but I mean, I, the people, you know, I notified some people. Um, right. And the, yeah, it's just one of those things that nobody would have ever believed. 
Yeah, he yeah. ran. You know, he ran every day and every day, calisthenics every day, mm-hmm. and watched his food. And yes, he enjoyed life, and he enjoyed food, and he enjoyed right like that. But he also, <laughs> yeah, but he also took care of himself. And and uh, yeah, so we wouldn't have known yeah. that his his heart uh, just didn't have any more years on it. No, it didn't. Yeah, and yeah. you and you and Brian, you know, both came and were here with me and. And went with me to make all the arrangements and you, well, and you've been here for me. Well, you've always been here for me, but you've always been such a, a great support, both of you. And, um, yeah, that was, that was a tough one. And I remembered we got through all the things that we had to do and there were people that kind of came and went and, and all of that. And when I was actually, you know, you had to go back and Brian had to go back, you know, you had jobs to do and stuff. And, I just remember thinking, okay, you have a couple of choices here. You can, you could crawl in a hole and just kind of hibernate, mm-hmm. or you could get out and meet people and do things and, and be active. And that's basically what I chose to do. It wasn't easy for me. Um, I, I was taking a jazzercise class at the time that dad passed away. In fact, I was at Jazzercise the night that he had passed away and I had come home. And then that's when, you know, he, he became ill, um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that Friday night. And I just remember thinking that first of all, I tried to focus on all the good times that I had with him, all the good family times that we had and to be grateful for the time that we did have and not dwell on Unfortunately, yes, he did pass away and Mm -hmm. everybody goes through things like this. So I chose to just pick myself up. I don't know where it all came from because that's not my norm to just somehow start being social and, and, and stuff by myself. That's not, I'm I'm shy. Mm -hmm. Um, You wouldn't know it, especially when I'm watching a football game, but but I, but I am, I am a very shy person. And, and so I, I continued with jazzercise. I worked out every day. I took uh, line dancing. One of the reasons I had started with line dancing was because you didn't have to have a partner. Mm. And that was, that was, that was what I, I remember thinking, well, I can do this because I don't need a partner. Cause a lot of times you do need a partner. And then, so I started line dancing and then they came up with a ballroom dance class. And I'm thinking, Oh, I would love to learn how to ballroom dance. And, it was the kind of class that you didn't have to have a partner. In fact, there were always, let's see, there were always more women than men. Isn't that mm-hmm. typical? So yes. sometimes the women had to dance with the women because you, most of the dances, we did the, the, the foxtrot and the waltz and the, the tango and the, they were couple dances, you know, right. and right. Uh, it was just a delightful time for me because I met so many nice people. A lot of them were single. And a lot of them were married, but you danced with everyone. It was a kind of dance where you rotated kind mm-hmm. of and got to dance with everybody. So that, that was so much fun. And it took me a while to actually go out to a social event, like a place where there was music. It took me a long time to do that by myself. I remember going once I heard there was this this dance at this community center down kind of close to Salishan. And 
I thought, oh, I can do this. And I, I got dressed and, you know, I kind of with a dress or a skirt and, and I was so excited. And I, I drove down there and I looked at the people that were getting out of the cars and they were, they were all dressed up and they were, were couples. And I turned around and came back home. Mm. But it wasn't too long after that, that I, I, I played golf. I, I kept a membership at golf at, at Salishan by myself after dad passed away for, for just the two years. And I, mm-hmm. I then, I, I made lots of, of friends because, um, you could get a discount if you played with a, a member of the golf course. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, oh, I didn't know I, that. I, I remember I, you talking about playing, like playing with a, a uh-huh. with a three or a two or whatever, but I didn't realize uh-huh. that you would get matched up with people and that they would get a discount because you were a member. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> I see. And, I have friends to this day. I mean, you hear me talk about Barb and Randy and Terry and Linda and Mike mm-hmm. and Cindy and Bill and Laura and, and I met all of them and, and they, you know, many, many years ago and uh, still friends to this day. And, uh, Terry and Linda, I was up at Salishan and I'm by myself and I'm sitting in, it's called the attic lounge and I'm sitting by myself and, and, I was over against the wall because I didn't want to be out in the fishbowl or part of the, 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 the place. And they had live music. And I remembered I just was sitting there and they were up there at the time and they just came over and invited me to join them. It just came out of nowhere. And I thought to myself, isn't that nice? And it's something that after that, I always tried to do myself is invite someone if they were alone, would you like to join me? Because I, it meant so much to me mm-hmm. for them to take their time and, and everything to, to include me, knowing that I was by myself. So, yeah, it, 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 I decided I was just going to get out and, and make a life for myself. And, and I have. I have a wonderful, wonderful support of, of friends and, and my family and, and I, I love it here. I, people thought I would leave the Oregon coast after dad passed away, but I've chosen to stay. So. Well, yeah. and being with you there, I mean, I can attest to this and I know Bjorn, I know we want to talk about Bjorn a little bit. Um, Bjorn can also attest to this. Um, you know, I mean, not everybody, everybody, but, <laughs> but you know, when you talk about what you did in order to really put yourself into life in a new way, um, uh-huh. but, you know, by yourself, but also in a different way than you had lived with your husband, right? Because right. you socialized with football and with fam and as a family, but the, what you were doing, you know, going out dancing and going out to listen to music by yourself and stuff, that was actually all kind of new. For, oh, oh, totally new, honey. I was your dad and he was a wonderful husband and, but he was the dominant, I mean, he, of, of the, mm-hmm. the family, you know? Yeah. And so I, I pretty much did what dad wanted to do. And, mm-hmm. and we had a wonderful time water skiing. We had a boat and we water skied and we went to Disneyland and the Rose Bowl mm-hmm. and, and all those things. We had a wonderful family life, I thought. And, mm-hmm. but I was, I was, I'm, I chose to be more in the background. I was not out front doing an awful lot. Yeah. I call him, yeah, I call him an alpha male. He, he was, we all kind of, 
we all kind of got in line behind <laughs> what dad, what kind of dad wanted to do. Um, although, as you'd say, we, we did, we did all of those things that you're talking about. And in many ways, I had a very idyllic childhood with so, you know, so much love and fun and total stability. Never, never once did I even consider that my family wouldn't be together, which I know is um, in, in, in this day and age, pretty special. Um, Cause so many, so many kids experience um, divorce. So right. we have just a few minutes left. And in addition to, I'm just going to just, just squeeze this in. Um, we don't have time to really get into it, but you um, not only did you become a grandmother, which I do want to talk about, but um, you also survived uh, breast cancer after dad had passed and I did managing that mostly by yourself. I did manage that by myself. Um, I ended up with breast cancer four years after dad had passed away. I am currently a 19 year cancer survivor because it's been 19 years since I, I had breast cancer. So I did survive that. Well, and then shortly, and just in our last couple of minutes, shortly after mm-hmm. dad passed, I want to yes. say it wasn't too long that uh, Brian uh, and Corey, Brian's wife, who is also passed now. Um, yeah. Um, which is very, yeah. We're, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had some loss. We had some loss in our family. Um, but, but there, and, and, but now we have Bjorn, our wonderful, our wonderful Bjorn. Yeah. So can you just say a bit about your, your role as a grandma and your relationship there? Yes. Um, Bjorn was born in 2002 and has been, was then, is always uh, such a, a great joy. He is I just can't say enough about him. Um, I, I remember you were talking about me knowing a lot of people, and he was probably about eight years old at the time, and he was down here visiting me. Um, I got to spend a lot of time with him. Brian and Corey were so good about letting me have him anytime I wanted to, and and so I've spent a lot of time with Bjorn over the years, and I remember this time that we were out and about, and and I would always introduce him if I ran into somebody that I knew at the grocery store or wherever, wherever we were, I would introduce him. And this one day, he's, like I said, about eight years old. And he looks at me and he goes, Grandma, I think you must have 42 friends. <laughs> and I never, I never, 42. I never forgot that because I don't know how he came up with 42, but he did. <laughs> and it, it always, That's I just funny. always made, it always just kind of made me chuckle, but he is, um, like you mentioned earlier, he's a junior at University of Oregon right now. He is absolute delightful human being. He is smart. He's handsome. He's kind. He's caring. And I just can't say enough about him. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> he's very have, special. <laughs> yeah. If I have time, I have a, a little story about there was a story going around for many, many, many years that Dad wanted to name Brian Bjorn. Right. And, and the story goes that he wanted to name him Bjorn. I cried. I threw a fit. I did all this stuff. I don't think I did. But anyway, Brian had his son. He named him Bjorn. Yes. And unfortunately, dad was already gone. So dad never got to meet his grandson. And yeah. 
Bjorn and I kind of share that in that I had lost both of my grandfathers before I was born, so never knew. I had a step-grandfather, but I never knew my grandfathers, and and he never did either. But he is just a wonderful human being. Yes, agreed. Well, we've come to the end. It always goes so fast. And, I, you know, I just want to say we've covered a lot of the way you live your life now. I mean, everything that you described in terms of how you put yourself back into life or into life um, after being widowed is still what you do. And, you know, I'm there and you make lists of things (laughs) you're going to do that day. It doesn't matter how big or how small. And, you know, I'll, uh, you had a tree limb come down and I said, well, okay. I mean, you know, let me know. I can come out and help you. And before I can do that, you're out there with your little mini handsaw sawing your limb (laughs) into pieces to put in the thing and the, yard waste thing. So I guess I also just want to say, you know, at 80, um, you really have just continued to maintain all of these wonderful habits and relationships with your friends and your community and with your family um, that, that seem to, from just from my perspective, that seem to really allow you to be in life. Um, because you are anybody who knows, you knows you are spry and youthful and vivacious and optimistic and positive and loving and (laughs) generous and full of life. Oh, thank you, honey. Well, and I do believe that um, activities and, and being active is the key to a happy and healthy life. I honestly do. I, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. And you are, uh, you are wonderful evidence for that. Thank you so much for coming on the show and happy. Thank you for having me. Yes. Happy 80th birthday. I love you so much. I love you too, honey. All right. So much. Thank you everybody for listening. It's a joy to make this show for you. Um, Have a great week and you can find me at giraffetangooctopus.com and across social media at GTO coaching love yourself, free yourself, be yourself. And as you heard my mom talk about, dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.